Hello and welcome back to the Travelator podcast. Uh, my name is Frankie and this is Ben and Matt. Hello, yeah. guys. Hello, there's no no Becky. No She's Becky been replaced by two fine young gentlemen which means she won't she won't share it with her friends because she's not on it she doesn't want to support me unless she's on it (laughs) that's fair just an ego boost for her really isn't it we made sure she wasn't here so she couldn't make an appearance as well anyway uh so uh this episode no this podcast is about wheelchair travel and comparing um experiences of traveling with or without a wheelchair last episode me and becky discussed our trip to london uh with two trips to london that we squeezed into the same one but this one was our first trip as mates uh, to Barcelona um, in si. Catalonia or Spain, one or the other. It depends on your political standpoint. So um, we've been friends for 20 plus years. Yep. And uh, we've done quite a lot of stuff together. Friends. Um, friends. <laughs> acquaintances. acquaintances. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been friends with Ben for 20 plus years and Matt's just been there. I've been around. Been around. And we've not really done anything abroad, had we? We kind of, what had we done together before that? I mean, we've been away in the UK yeah. together on like um, day trips and. We went to Birmingham for EGX. Yeah, a yeah, couple, couple of overnight times. trips. But I think that's mainly driven by the lack of money that we had as a group, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we all went off to university and it wasn't really the time no. to do, so th- do these, guess... even these kind of budget trips. Yeah. Barcelona that we we're obviously going to talk about now yeah so we um and lots of our traveling was just coming up to see you in southampton and stuff that was kind of the extent of what we would do and the uh ben's done quite a bit of traveling so ben do you want to just quickly overview kind of traveling you've done yeah i mean i did one trip during uni and that was pretty much the only long haul trip i'd done before leaving uni and then um through work i've gone to some far-flung places korea a lot of asia a lot mo- of europe we mo- most of europe yeah we did like, a we did a quiz uh we did quizzes over lockdown and one of them we started doing about ourselves and ben did one um about like we had to guess how like you've been to 30 plus countries yeah something like that and then we figured out you've been to most of most of europe which is quite cool so in terms of your experience it was quite natural that we let you take the helm on this trip yeah uh, in terms of your travel matt you've done things i've done things I'm <laughs> less well traveled than ben i've been to I've, I've done like a few like inclusive holidays and stuff and that's you know you don't really have to think about uh, like getting around so much because you're mostly in like the same place um doing like london you do like city breaks like that but um yeah I've, I've been to a few places around europe and i went to dominican republic that's as far as i've gone that's very cool but yeah generally um it's been pretty easy for me so yeah it was interesting to go like i said we were, we've done breaks to birmingham and stuff so well, we went brighton actually, and we went with, to brighton our, with our well. girlfriends and that, that was probably um a bit more difficult because when we went to birmingham we were we weren't really ex- like traveling around we were just in one place just an event yeah mm-hmm. yeah but uh it was it was definitely interesting to see the the challenges that you mm-hmm. face when you're doing a city break yeah it's um we I, I wanted to bring both of you on because um ben was from i'd say from the booking standpoint ben did all the organizing so it's very much like ben would have had to factor me in that and then you flew from southampton yeah we flew me and matt and mike flew from bristol so you actually matt was with me for the actual traveling portion so it's just two perspectives of the the wheel to travel that you guys would bring to it Okay, so we're going to start off with the travel out. 
And uh, Ben did all the, the booking. So what what was your method there? So the, the only bit I booked was the EasyJet flights, which obviously I booked myself from Southampton, as you said, and then booked you three from Bristol to Barcelona. Uh, in terms of the online experience, it was exactly the same as I would book for anyone else. So there was no like pre-tick box or anything like that. I think you fill out a drop down to say you need access, but it doesn't give yeah, you the option what, um, to add any more details in terms of the nature of your access. Yeah, and then it which becomes you still a, don't really. No, and then it becomes a very mandrolic process of having to call up, which I think in this ki- in to. this kind of time you should be able to do it all online. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, like they should have. Really, you as much, as bad as it sounds, you could probably fit most of the assistance needed into very separated so. boxes, and and the need to call up is, I think, very outdated. It also, what's strange is um, EasyJet's uh, assistance is, uh, I think, it's South African. So, like, they they call and they don't know British Airlines at all, like, but not British Airlines, the company, as in, like, they don't know what it's like in the. So, there's stuff that they've they've talked to me about, and it's like that's not how it works here. It's really really weird. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, what you did is you booked it and then you sent me the booking confirmation or yeah, the booking number and then I called them and it was quite funny because like normally I've always been the one that books my own flights uh, but they kept calling me Mr. Marks which is your surname yeah yeah and I was just I'm, it's not, I'm not going to complicate things by going no I'm not Mr. Marks yeah I think that to a certain extent speaks to the lack of training that you may not have your flights booked yourself yeah and generally it's just a typical call center there's no sort mm. of specialized training or um thought process into this being mm. a different sort of process yeah they definitely that i think generally around any kind of access it needs more training it just always comes to yeah comes to do it and no one there's no one set way of doing it because like, there's not enough training around it uh, even in like the two times i've been on a flight with you it's been completely different yeah. times and like people just don't seem to know exactly what they're doing they just mm. seem to be like oh i think i have to do this now but i don't really know um, it's the same with me and yeah. i've been obviously a lot more flights um that, that you've not been there for and it's exactly the same it's always really really different very varied do you think it would be more helpful to have some sort of like dedicated person in the role because i feel they're, they're I, meant to be that though they really to, yeah. because it, for me it often feels like they've just like had it tacked on the end of their job it's, description it's of doing mm. exactly an afterthought yes I've never really thought about it like that because I've always felt like the people that work in special assistance work in special assistance. Maybe they do get m- moved around. I just feel that their lack of how well drilled they are in terms of the service they provide speaks to the fact that they're probably mainly something else and they're just quite possibly tagging yeah. this onto their role. Do you think there's a way that they could give you kind of preset options in the booking process where it's like, right, I'm in a wheelchair, but I can get upstairs or something. Like, mm. you know, Josh is in a different situation to you. Yeah. Um, And then you basically wouldn't need to go through this process of like calling someone up. And then it's up to that person's interpretation of what you've told them on like yeah. what assistance you'll need. And it can vary on the day as well because you're just, it's basically down to human error, like how, how you'll be treated. Whereas if they've got preset kind of conditions that you can say, right, I need this assistance, this assistance. Then you then there's less room for error basically. Mm. I think so. Mm. It, it's not. I don't think it'd be that hard to do that either. Or also like that. Or the even they have the option to do it online and just they say please be very descriptive of your mobility. You yeah. know of what assistance you need. Yeah. It doesn't. At the end of the day, it doesn't need to be on the phone. Yeah. Obviously, there's never going to be like a one size fits all for everyone. But if you could say like 
these are like broadly what my condition you, is, you and then you box can print it up more to a certain extent, and then say here are some additional details and stuff. Yeah, because like because it could have easily been done when you booked it, Ben. You could have been like, yeah, because blah, blah, I, 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 I know user. to what extent you are disabled. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So in terms of that's booking, we went to Bristol, like I said. Ben went to Southampton. I've not been to Southampton Airport. What's it like, Ben? Just as an overview. So, yeah, so Southampton Airport's very small. I think it's probably going to close in the next week or really? two, given the current. Um, have you been climate. to Exeter? Uh, yeah, I have been to Exeter. Is yeah. it bigger than Exeter? Uh, it is not bigger than Exeter. No, it's a mm. it's a it was a Flyby hub, and obviously Flyby are no longer yeah, of course, no longer with us. Like so um, it's all on one level. So I think and. From that point of view, you'd be fine. Yeah, but the thing is with those is that there are no gangways uh, or um, no. jetties. Is that what they call it? When the one you can walk on? Yeah, yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like the the bridge. Yeah, and it often means they don't have the um, a, I think it's called an amber lift that you get on and it rises you up, which we went in. Yeah. So we we'll talk about that in a sec. But we um, they they means that I often have to get on one of those aisle chairs and they pull me up the stairs. Yeah. Which is a more pretty humiliating, I'd yeah, say, yeah. and also yeah, just not not pleasant. So, I yeah, those small airports are a bit bit weird to be at. But we went to Bristol, and that was actually the first time I've ever flown from Bristol. I've always like before then, it was always Gatwick or Heathrow when I was growing up, or with Becky and things. But I uh, I really liked Bristol. I thought they were quite on it in terms of what did you think? Have you flown from Bristol before that? Um, to be honest, I can't remember. I think really? I may have done. I've, I've, That's all right. I think I've only flown from Exeter and Bristol. Uh, oh, actually, no, I've flown from like, Heathrow as well. I think. But um, if you went to Dominican Republic, I can imagine you did. Uh, yeah, maybe it was Gatwick. I can't remember. They all kind That's of right. roll. They all kind of like roll into one for me. I mean, yeah. I, I've flown to Bristol. I've flown from Bristol maybe two or three times. I flew to New York actually when they used to. Oh, do, really? When yeah, they used to do a United Airlines long haul one. What do you think of Bristol? I think Bristol is a pretty good airport mm. for traveling from Plymouth because it's yeah. obviously less than half the distance to London mm. um and so it's, we took the Falcon coach yeah. yeah yeah so did, did you have any issues in terms of booking the Falcon coach because I know they do specific areas for disabled yeah people. Well, like well, they, it, they have tables downstairs I think and um no well actually on the coach yeah no no it was very much I had to climb up the stairs and they sometimes have a lift but the lift I've never been on one where the lift works. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, we, I just climbed up the stairs and then my chair goes in the, in, underneath the coach. And that's what we had, wasn't it? Yeah. If I so, remember, did we, did we try and save off booking online? Because we knew that if you bought tickets on the Falcon on the day, you might get a free yeah. seat. So there was some aspect of like, I was worried that we wouldn't be able to get a seat because we were holding off. I think we might have done that for Berlin, not right. Barcelona. Because yeah. I, the only thing I, I have to, that was it. What it was is um I've got a book ahead over email to say that I'm a wheelchair user right. or whatever. So, I mean, this 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 conversation already just speaks of the having to go outside of the usual yeah. online booking route that we talked about earlier exactly. for EasyJet. Um, the fact that you've got to go via email. But this and... is a benefit. So what happened is I actually think Matt's right is that we didn't. But because I'm guaranteed a seat and a carer seat in inverted commas that we were like well what are the chances they don't have one extra for some so i booked mine which had reserved two seats essentially and then we just chanced that there'd be another one for mike as well mm-hmm. or you know the other way around and yeah. we did so we got we got prices on the day so it i guess in that way it was good but it is yeah like you said i can't just uh 
book it go oh here's my thing click a, bu- a button that says i'm i need wheelchair access also lots of these places these coach services list wheelchair access and then it just doesn't work on the day which is rubbish so matt when we got to the airport i remember we had to check in my chair yeah which wasn't too bad i remember this but um no go on carry on no no you go on what are you I was gonna say i think it was this time that obviously you have a tag you have to put on your yeah. chair and they, I think the woman was insisting that you put it on your wheel, and you wanted to put it on no the back way. of your chair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously, like, you need to use it, so like the tag's gonna That's get really in the way. That's really funny because me and Becky have mentioned that a few times from when we went first went to Gran Canaria, and she tried to put it on the wheel as well. Yeah, I and think it makes it no again. sense because it, fl- it goes around in circles. Yeah, stupid, no logic. So I, I think is I put it on the front of my frame or on the back. I mean, there's the there's wheel. no reason to have it on the wheel. No, no. It's probably that they've if anything, seen the wheel might come before. off, and then like. So I've just sent my wheel to the other <laughs> country and leave the chassis at home. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I remember we um, we went to, we sat in the lounge and it's the first time that they, they've ever called my name on a tannoy. It sounded very stern, didn't it? Yeah. And it was like, I felt, I felt like I was in trouble, but also felt a little bit like royalty. <laughs> uh, but I remember you guys, I don't know if it was on the way back or on the way, um, uh, on the way there, but I remember you and Mike being like, Frankie, I feel like we're VIPs here. We need to look busy. So you carried my bags? Yeah. Do you remember? Because you were like, I feel like... Because really, you're only allowed to have one person come through with you. That's right, yeah. And But we didn't... They let us bring an extra person because we didn't want to leave one of you behind. Yeah. So we were quite lucky. Yeah, so we we're like, oh, I'm doing busy work here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do think that people don't question it either. They're just like, no. oh, right, yeah, you must need help. Yeah. When you didn't really need that Not much at help. All. I, carry, ask, I can yeah. very much carry my bags on my own, but yeah. you guys wanted to look busy, so... Yeah. And then what was it like for you going... Because we had to go a different way, if you remember. Yeah, I don't remember much about that, but obviously I remember getting on the plane differently. We went around the back. Yeah. We went the other side. So they go on the left-hand side and we went on the right. Yeah. So we had to get in the lift. Yeah, the amber lift. And it drove us somewhere and... Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. That was all pretty smooth. I think there was maybe a bit of like confusion on like when you could get out of your chair because they wanted your chair... That again goes back to there's never real clear what yeah. they do because most places will let me get onto um, the galley and then I can climb to my seat. But lots of places want me to get on a aisle chair to get me onto the galley to get me to the seat, That's which right. I think is so unnecessary. Yeah, but was it what to put you in a chair and carry you in? Yeah, yeah. To, to, to wheel me down, but like oh, to wheel, yeah, yeah. Which and then I can't wheel myself and there's no independence, and but it doesn't make any difference really because then they take input under the mm. hold. But you're quite happy to like hop off your chair yeah. and make your way, even if you have to like go on the floor for a little bit. Yeah. Like, well, I'm able to climb and stand climb up to do it. Yeah, Furniture sure, yeah. surf, as Becky calls it. Yeah, yeah. But if I can get onto the galley and get to my chair, ideal, really. Uh, ben, you'd got there quite a bit earlier than us, hadn't you? So we, you were already there. Yeah, so I flew early in the morning mm. and landed around lunchtime. And I think you guys landed probably early evening, maybe 6pm. About 6pm, yeah. yeah. And uh, we didn't have a transfer or anything. We just got the bus in, didn't we? Yeah. Which was actually all right, if I remember. There wasn't. It was a panic for getting me on to pay my money. I remember that because they were trying to. They were in a rush, and I think I managed to pay, or I got it for free in the end. One or the I other. Th- I thought you got most of your buses for free, didn't you? I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't deliberate like this. I don't milk it, but at the same time, lots of them just give it to they me. They were for pretty free. lenient. On, I, I on think there's the a certain people. amount of people feel awkward for asking. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I'm happy to pay. I am happy to pay. But sometimes it's like, oh, they're fine. You know, get on. Yeah. So that was our transfer. And then we met Ben. You had uh, gone shopping. You met us, I remember. Yeah, I met you outside the apartment. Yeah, with a big old baguette. 
You were waving your baguette. Yep. You were like, I was hungry. Only the essentials are <laughs> yeah. bought by me. You you had a baguette and maybe some like cheese and then just a, a, a rucksack full of beer. Correct. Yes. <laughs> I think you got some wine as well. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, only, for sangria. Only the essentials. Copious yeah. amounts of sangria. So, Ben, we... um. Obviously, you booked the hotel as well. What wasn't a hotel? It was. Uh, it was an Airbnb. Airbnb, yeah. And how was that? Um, so, for the group of um, four, I think Airbnb is a good way to go mm. versus booking two hotel rooms, which is realistically what it's going to be. The problem that you have with booking accommodation in Europe for Airbnb is that a lot of the old accommodation buildings, the old apartment buildings, are very. Um, not catered for disabled people. Yeah. So they'll have really windy staircases, uh, a really old lift in the case of the one that we stayed at, mm. or sometimes no lift at all. And then even when you get into the Airbnb itself, the um, layout is very not helpful for someone in a wheelchair. So in terms of when you booked this one, we um, had, uh, we did, we made it work basically. There was a lift up and everything. Yeah. yeah. Did you choose the options on Airbnb or for accessibility? So Airbnb is very useful in that you can filter it on uh, accessibility features. So that is no steps access, okay. lifts, um, access ways, and internally being a certain distance wide. Yeah. Which case the issue you have is that you'll filter on a price and filter on a location. It will give you two hundred results, for example, yeah. in Barcelona. But then as soon as you put on these accessibility features, your options to pick from drop massively. Yeah, uh, I think, I find it, that I think everywhere. It, I think it probably drops to about 10%, really. Yeah. Which, um, there's no real way around it when you're trying to book this kind of city break with a group of friends and you don't want to stay in a hotel, mm. which is personally how I prefer to travel. Comparing it to a hotel, I think you'll obviously get the more accessibility yeah. because it's a bigger hotel and they can afford to... Chains, particularly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. The chains can afford to cater for that. Mm. But Airbnb, you've just got to essentially take your chances and hope for the best. I didn't know we were taking that much of a chance. I mean, you, you <laughs> can do it to a certain extent, but obviously it's a unique space that you've never seen before and you've got no way to gauge it other than the photos. Yeah. yeah. So, so what did you, for this one, did you did you filter out, made sure I had lift access and yes, yeah, yeah, stuff I, I, I did, did all yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So you didn't chance this one? Well, it's, it's always a chance because, like you say, when you get to the airport, the lift could not be working. When we got to the yeah. apartment, the lift could not be working. Yeah. You're probably also relying on, like, the person, the host. The yeah. Host Did you communicate with the host about accessibility? N- not at all, no. Really? No. So we've done that before, I think. I, I think I've messaged someone prior to booking mm. to check and clarify something that I wasn't sure about. But mm. it, it is, with Airbnb, it is always a risk. Yeah. What you're going to get versus what you think you're going to get. Uh, for people with additional access needs, I wouldn't recommend Airbnb personally. Because like I make things work. I'm very I can I've I'm able to do it. So but in terms of like I was in once I was in the flat it was fine, but the shower was a pain if you remember. Yeah. Um and then it was a big old step to get out onto the balcony. Yeah. Uh which it, uh, the balcony is obviously it's a luxury element of it. But um it was I did have to make it work. So in terms of like just regardless of accessibility, what did you guys think of it? Uh, the accommodation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was really good. I thought it was, it, nice. it was quite yeah, a nice Airbnb. Good. I don't remember using like the 
the kitchen and all that sort of stuff. That uh, we, we only did, to we, make sangria. Uh, uh, we did it for breakfast, I think. Yes, yeah. you did. You fried up some eggs and stuff yeah. in the morning. Yeah. yeah, I think I stayed in better Airbnbs, but I think for what we wanted, it was like perfect. So we didn't yeah. really want to eat in that much. We were quite happy to. I mean, I think the the crux of it is if you have certain requirements, you need to make sure 100 percent before you get there. Yeah, that those requirements are yeah. going to be catered to because at the end of the day, it is just a person renting out. Mm a place that they have we never met the person you did though didn't you because you got there and you met like i can't remember actually. You, d- you did only because i got the videos out and um you basically met her she'd let you in because later on after we went back you were like oh i haven't used the keys yet because she let you in ah uh, okay so um you'd uh, so we didn't yeah you'd got there you sent us like a video of it and everything and uh the only the only complaint that we end up having was the aircon didn't work in the spare room. Do you remember? Yeah, oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, and it, it was, was a warm room. It was horribly warm, and uh, we end up sleeping. I think me and Mike shared the sofa bed, and you guys had the double bed. Yeah, together. So that was the only. What was the issue with the shower? Because I don't remember that. Uh, it's just a really big step and very narrow, so I couldn't get my chair in properly. Uh, so right. I couldn't close the door, and it was yeah a bit. And then your shower was really nice, though, because you had the ensuite that was a really, like, clearly been done up recently. Yeah. And then that one was easier for me. I could get my whole chair in. And I think by the end of the holiday, we were just, I was using that one, yeah. and not the other one, because I had to really clamber. I, I think that's something to heavily consider because they don't really advertise that as an option on Airbnb, no, no. the accessibility of the um, shower. Because obviously, really, it's not something you would cater for. Uh, generally when you're renting out your airbnb yeah. unless you're trying to go for a specific accessible airbnb yeah yeah the, the rest of it is just how accessible the building is isn't it rather than the pretty much yeah, yeah. that's pretty much exclusively what the options are yeah all right so one of the things is um with the aircon you had the um it basically it takes the moisture out of the air and it put it into like a bucket outside the back so what happened ben yeah, so ob- obviously the- it's condensing all the water in the um, atmosphere yep. in, in the room to cool it down. And um, it had a pipe leading down from the air conditioning unit outside into a bucket. Yeah. And and on the Airbnb before, they were like, I'll make sure you empty the bucket. <laughs> Naturally, we had had a few beverages and we forgot to empty the bucket. Well, as you we do. weren't there for this conversation. So I, in my head, I didn't know what empty the bucket meant. I don't think you really processed I, 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 I don't think we should be pointing fingers here, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> But back to the bucket. Mike's not yes. here, so, so obviously the bucket got right to the top. And Matt and I had had a few, a few scoops, should we say. And, and we were like, right, well, we got to empty this bucket. And obviously we didn't want to drop the bucket and put the air conditioning water all over the flat. So we were like, we'll pour a bit out and then we'll take it to the toilet and pour it away. So we poured a bit out, maybe an inch or two at the top of the bucket. And little did we know that there was this drainage pipe in the balcony, which obviously went out and basically chucked it off the side of the building. So we pulled a little bit out, and then it, we heard it go bloop at the, on the top of someone's like tented Someone terrace. Else's, yeah. Uh, so we were like, ah, oh, well. And then took the bucket into the bathroom, poured it away, and then went to bed. Yeah. Uh, and then there was a knock at the door well, when we had I, all got, just, gone it, to bed. The, we hadn't actually got to sleep at this point, right? No, correct. No. So... Uh, in a panic, Ben went and answered the door and pretended to be really groggy. So uh, she answered the door, and uh, I answered the door to a lady who was from downstairs, and uh, uh, she started speaking to me in Spanish, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Hablé inglés. Uh, <laughs> no hablé inglés. Um, and she was like, oh, someone pour water over the 
of the thing from air condition. I was like, nope. No, 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 no. I <laughs> could hear Ben. And Ben was going, oh, no. Oh, no, no, that wasn't us. Like, no, oh, we I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, that's really bad. Like, proper, like, playing it down. It must have happened before. Yeah, Because they surely. must know that it's an Airbnb. Like, these are probably, like... Well... Yeah, they knew to come to that Yeah, flag. exactly, yeah. So there could have been any of below them. us that could We were quite it. high up, so... Yeah, we were. Uh, <laughs> so it probably f- fell around maybe 40, 50 feet down to, down to her. Yeah. Um, Enough to disturb them for them to come upstairs. Correct, yeah. But I don't, I don't really see what damage it could have done. She didn't look no. wet. No, so no. no. Why did she sat reading the book and you've just pulled it on her head? <laughs> so it was just so funny because we could all hear Ben just going, "Huh? No." Just no. lying through my teeth about <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. Oh, yeah. if you're listening to this, uh, you've well lady, done. It's you got us exclusive access. Red-handed. Yeah, you were you were correct, and I did lie, but on the bright side, you bought it. So yeah, you bought what I was selling. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so the area we stayed in, uh, where you chose the hotel, we, did that come down to the uh, limited options of accessibility, or was it just did you actually choose specifically that area? So I did. I did a quick Google about places to stay, and really, it wasn't particularly um, informative. Okay. <laughs> so I just pulled up the map of all the accommodation after it had been filtered, and just went for somewhere that was reasonably central. Um. We had to take some buses to get anywhere, really, from where we were staying. But it wasn't, like, the outskirts of town. Um, and I think so long as you stay relatively near the centre and near the public transport routes, then you're fine. About It actually leads on nicely to uh, the transport, yeah, public definitely. transport within the area. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I think the buses were pretty good. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know if you, Matt, want to tell what, what led us to buses. I know, so we were fairly near a metro station i mm. think so if, i think the first day yeah i think it was out and like maybe left. three or four minutes yeah it's really close yeah. Yeah. To be fair, yeah so we thought we'd try that the first day and i think i don't remember if we actually i think we bought like a pass didn't we for like the rest of the for us the time there and we were planning to use it on the tube or use it on the the underground yeah that's where we could buy the tickets yeah. mm. so we were going down and eventually we we ran into a guy who was like no, you can't come down here. You're too. It's too narrow. Um, and I think you you were asked if we if we could actually see for ourselves. Yeah. And he was like, No, no, you can't go down. Too narrow. Too, too narrow. narrow. And then uh, um, I think there was actually a lift down to it. Yeah. In the first yeah. place. So and ramped. <laughs> and a ra- yeah. So it seemed like it would be fine. Um, there was there was actual the turntable things you could walk through yeah. that I could fit through as well. Yeah. So but, I don't know what he was referring to as n- too narrow. No. Um, it would have like the the metro would have been considerably faster than everything yeah, else. Yeah, would have been a lot faster to get around. I think from that point we basically just said, "All right, well, if this place is too narrow, then we probably can't commit to doing the metro." Mm. So we then chose to go for buses basically for the rest of the time. And actually, I think the buses worked out really nicely. Yeah, they give you a good little tour. That's true. Tour of the... Yeah, it was, and they're all air conditioned. Yeah, so they were pretty cool. Um, Literally. Um, <laughs> and generally, I, I probably wouldn't... Normally, obviously, I would have... If I was on my own or with, like, you know, Hannah or whatever, I would have gone on the on the underground. Mm. But I wouldn't have seen as much. So that was mm. quite, you know, a handy 
uh, sort of outcome, even though it, you know you could take it as a negative that you weren't able to get around as fast. Yeah, uh, you got to see more. So we started passing things, and we were like, "Oh, that would be interesting." Yeah, to go there. I think the benefit of the metro is you can't really go wrong because the route is very yes set. defined. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you aren't you aren't going to get on the wrong bus, for example, or the bus won't leave you behind correct yeah due to not deploying the ramp yeah so with the um like like buses anywhere they uh they will often close the door in the middle of the bus so the two closing doors and then it beeps and the ramp comes out so we'd uh we took a, a bus up to the top where the like the olympic stadium was wasn't it ben we went to um yeah. that like castle was it, it was like, a fort sort of the thing fort with, yeah. yeah like um and uh, on the way back, the guy, we were like, oh, we need to get the ramp out. And he was like, okay. Mike and Ben had got on the bus and the guy closed the doors and we thought, okay, the ramp's going to go down. And then he just drove off. <laughs> and I remember Ben just looking at me and Matt and we were just sat at the bus stop and he was just waving at us as he just drove off. Genuinely, I was so confused <laughs> at what was going on because it, it had been the same procedure on every other bus that yeah. we had gone. To be fair, every other bus, I was expecting it to happen, though. I was yeah. waiting for it to happen at some mm. point. Because all, I th- all we would say is La Rampa. Yeah. And just hope that they understood what we meant. And yeah. I think that was actually the correct Spanish and I not just so. us pretending. I think it was El Rampa, wasn't it? No. <laughs> I don't know. Um, ben, ben Spanish is not adding L and O at the end. L I'm pretty o sure it was El Rampa. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. La Rampa. Well, la is French, isn't it? No, and do, do they do la in Spanish? Yeah. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that was that was funny. Apart from, well, I, th- I don't think we were like stranded for too long. I think no, was, like, it was because it was a transfer bus yeah. in between, wasn't it? So because we were coming down the hill after being visiting that place, and we had to quickly get on the next bus to go where we wanted to go, or else it goes back up the hill. I think. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so we had limited time, so we I think uh, about twenty minutes we were waiting, but. Yeah. We found out, I don't know if you remember, Ben, we got there and you and Mike had said that actually your bus did a loop and went back to where we were anyway. And we, so you put a little pinpoint on Facebook. Do you remember we were just following it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like follow, following the bus where you were going. And then your bus went all the way back up and we met you in the square later yeah, on. Yeah, it, it was a very, very strange and surreal bus trip. I it wonder was, if he knew what he was doing at all. The no, I, yeah, it was really weird. That was the only blip really in the, in the buses, like in the time mm. that we had there really, I think. Generally, they were made a memorable good. story. It did though, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we managed to get buses without any hitches. Apart from that, mm. through I, I ver- mean, various I, levels of intoxication, yeah, shall we <laughs> they say, they were fairly regular and um, they ran late as well, which is handy. They did run late, yeah. They ran into the small hours, didn't they? So yeah, yeah. So actually, what we found out as well. So we bought the week pass, didn't we? So which we've already said, but then you can get on any bus on and off whenever you like, and that was really helpful and handy. And then we found out on the might have been the last night we went out drinking. Um, Mike had gone home and it was just us drinking until about three o'clock in the morning. And um, we got on the bus where the ta- the um, ticket said ends at 12 a.m. So we were like, oh, we're going to have to pay. But we are like, oh, it's fine. You know, it's so like two two euros or whatever. But actually, it was free early hour morning buses. So yeah. get past midnight and get free bus. Yeah, I think there's a certain amount of tail over from your ticket from the previous day, which is quite helpful. Yeah. Uh, and one last thing that we did take were taxis. And it kind of it was kind of like an Uber. I had I hadn't used much of Uber, and I don't think 
we did try that. What did we do, Ben? What were the tactics so, we used? Uh, I had a quick Google before we went out there because I knew we were going to go to the um, Estrella Brewery Tour, yeah. which I had previously researched was not very accessible by public transport. And one of the results that came up was an app called Taxi.eu. Okay. Other taxi apps are available, <laughs> um, which is essentially just an Uber. Mm. And I, I found some mystery deals on there that meant we got 50% off and things like that. I feel like your first sign up and things. Oh, nice. Um, so it's exactly the same as Uber. Mm. You just book your app. It tracks your car. It tells you when it's going to turn up. Yeah, the name um, of your driver, what car it is, yeah, and things. I remember that. Um, yeah. I think you could tick for like uh, an XL car that would have been more suitable for mm. putting the chair like, in. Like on Uber? Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I think the I think both the taxis each way were of suitable size. Yeah. We didn't end up someone turning up in like a saloon car that would have been maybe... A bit difficult to fit three people in a wheelchair. In. Yeah, unfortunately, my chair is very small as well, so it yeah, normally it is, fits yeah. in those kind of cars. Yeah, but they were really patient and really. Uh, they seemed like nice guys as well. So yeah, mm. it was. Uh, we didn't have any issue, and it was quite. It was nice to be able to get in a taxi. Uh, actually, the first one out was a small car, and then the big, the one back was a big, like a big people carrier. Yeah, like like, like like you do airport transfers in that yeah. kind of size car. Okay, so days out. We went to, we did quite a lot. To be fair, we were there for, what, five days? And we did quite a lot in those five days. Yeah, I, I remember you did comment on the um, the style of holiday that mm-hmm. I like to run, shall we say. What's that? In, in terms of a very much a, um, I've got a list of things yeah. that I want to see. And, I've um, kind of adopted that as something that I've really, I really enjoyed. Because before that, very much like Matt, we'd, we'd done a lot of holidays. You know, I'd done a lot of, uh, like I'd done city breaks and stuff, but my traveling consisted of going on holiday. And it was quite nice to go where you'd kind of, you've done a lot of traveling, you've experienced a lot. So you knew what you wanted to see. And I quite enjoyed that element of it. Yeah, me too. So the first thing we, I think the first uh, thing we really tried in the Gothic quarter, which all around really enjoyed the, the narrow lanes and all the graffiti shops and uh, the local food, and that was really, really great. Really easy for me, very flat. We most Once we got into the centre kind of area, we were able to walk slash wheel everywhere. Did but, you did you find you had any problems with the like old nature of the streets in terms of their no, surface? No, it wasn't cobbly, if you remember. It was really fine slate, and there was the odd bits of cobbles in like around the... There's that the square where like the politicians were. Do you know what I mean? There was that area with all the flags outside. Yeah. That's what it's called. Yeah. Um, and that, there were some cobbles, but I don't remember us really having to deal with steps apart from when we went to the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah. That was only because we were too lazy to go all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> so we just went up the stairs. So but overall, did it, how did it compare to other big European cities you've been to? I was really impressed. Yeah. It was really easy. I found uh, very the fact that I didn't feel like I was constantly having to negotiate things. I felt very comfortable. I didn't have to do a lot of climbing on the floor, which sometimes is my go to mm. compromise. It was also a lot more pedestrianized than like London or something. Yes. Which I think made things easier. Incredibly busy, but yeah. also really worth doing. So what the main area was what did you say the Ramblas? Ramblas? Uh, La Rambla, I think. Yeah. It's a whole street of shops. It goes all the way down to the beach. Yeah. And it was really quite a cool place. Loads of restaurants. You know, it's modeled after the uh, 
parade at, uh, at Plymouth. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. No. Oh well, I don't know why I said is it because I, I I was going to say is it no matter what you said and then you said Plymouth. Right. Yeah, Royal Parade. That's own that particular bit. That's only been there bit, for about ten years. Whatever that bit is that goes yeah. from the beach to the the hoe to the yeah, yeah. of course yeah. Uh, but the first place we tried like tourist attraction, yeah. the actual Barcelona Cathedral. Do you remember? And you guys queued up, and then it was all stairs to get up. And then he asked me to go round the side. And I went with you guys. Do you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I got there, and then he was like, no one's allowed to come with me. Yes. Yeah, it was a very strange... It was almost as if he was intentionally being difficult. Yes. I think people do just enjoy the power. <laughs> it was just a power trip. But that does seem to be a very common method of access for churches. Around in, the side. Around yeah, the side, as yeah. in there's a, a step-free door around the side. Yes. And then there's a like large cascade of steps to go up to the main thing however but i think that's more of an architectural choice than anything yeah, else really which is it's old old building you understand like but i, I only got to access the gardens where yeah. there was those funky ducks with like afros and stuff yeah. yeah that's because there was a big i think a big set of steps or a big at least one step from the gardens to the um yeah to the main church area. i think it was a monastery overall the whole um mm. complex but obviously the main church is part of the monastery but what did I miss? What's uh, of of note that you guys did? Because you guys went round. I think once you got in there, you would have been fine. Mm, it yeah. was just that initial level of access. Yeah. Because churches obviously tend to be pretty broad in terms of access mm. and um, gaps between columns and things like that. And obviously fairly flat with large flagstones. Yeah. You it, guys went to the very top, though. You climbed up the tower. Yeah. You we, sent me that video yeah. of the whole... Yes. Uh, so in terms of getting up to the top, even if you got inside, there was... Just Nothing, no, no, no way. Mm. So it, it, it was very typical. It, I think it was tight for, even for us. Yeah, it was like tight spiral staircase. Like it would have been. Was it difficult. worth it for you though to make that extra effort? It, it was definitely worth it for us, but yeah. there there was just no way that they, I think even if they wanted to make it accessible, it would have just been nah. so destructive to the surrounding area. That's what happens to the listed buildings in yeah. England. So I don't know exactly, what the rules yeah. are in Spain. Yeah. But yeah. Like, there was like some really nice views from the from the top, but it was also I thought I think there was like construction going on or like repairs going on as well. So yeah, there was. Yeah, it mm. wasn't like you didn't miss out on loads, but it's still something that you couldn't otherwise do. Yeah. So, no. it, did you guys have to pay? Um, I think we did pay in the end. I think we paid I, to get into the actual see, church, whereas you didn't pay to get in the church. I didn't get. I didn't have to pay. I think it was some sort of nominal value of like five to seven euros. Yeah. It, it was the nothing side dramatic. Was the exit was the end yeah, of it correct. as well? So I guess I, all I got to see was the end. Yes. With um, I think it might have been included in our like our original entry fee, but I can't remember. So that was our first like event, I guess we did. I mean, then I'm gonna. And uh, I guess yeah. uh, one of the big things, my I my highlight, I'd say, was the going to. The Australia Dam, which is the factory where they make Australia beer. Is is Dam not the name of the company? I think it's... I, I think that... I thought Australia Dam was the name of the factory, wasn't it? Well, this is not interesting. I think it's Australia produced by the Dam company. Okay. We say as we quickly Google. Yeah. Australia uh, is the flagship beer of the SA Dam, a prominent brewery in the city. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the name Estrella means star in both Catalan and Spanish. I do remember that actually. Well, I think Dam means brewery. It's just like no. the, it is, uh, it's just a company name. Yeah, yeah. But that yeah, like anyway, on to the bevs. Yeah, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> like um like we said, is that that was the only place that we couldn't get to on public transport. So that's where we took our taxi, and uh, we weren't allowed to film very anything in there because it's all but quite you know top secret and things. But it was very cool because we got um we got to do tasting as well. We got to know all about the history. Every bottle of beer. In from Australia is made in that factory. 
yeah. which is quite cool to know that. It feels authentic then. It's not like your uh, Carlsbergs that are just brooding. Or, or Fosters, <laughs> we were talking earlier, like Ben spent a lot of time in Australia and I was like, do they even drink Fosters yeah. in Australia? It's like, you said that you found it. Yeah, Fosters I've only ever seen in the UK aisle of the supermarket, which tells <laughs> you everything you need to know about what we think about Australia. But the um, the the tour was brilliant. It was really cheap. So it was about eight euros, I think, for the ticket each, where we got to try four beers or maybe five. five we certainly five drank more ride. than eight euros worth of beer. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we got a tour and we got to do the factory bit um, just to wander around where that wasn't accessible. I had to climb up the stairs. Yes. But I wanted to go along to see how it all, like, you know, the actual factory. Yeah, you got to walk along the, the, the gangway, whatever you call I it. Mean, I mean, I think you're probably lucky that you didn't do that because you may have lost some sort of um, sunglasses. Sunglass I yeah. lent Ben some sunglasses and he was looking over the side. They were um, if, they, if, they if were hooked anyone... over my t-shirt. Uh, they were hooked over oh, my t-shirt. They? I yes. thought they were on your head. No. And he was looking over the side and the glasses fell onto the conveyor belt and then fortunately bounced off and landed in between. And you could yeah. just see it down there. And then Ben was like, it's time to go. <laughs> and we had to start leaving. A brisk walk away occurred. Yeah. And uh, was that before? I think it was before we had our drinks. Uh, yeah, it was. So, we had a big uh, old so I couldn't even make that excuse. A big old bowl of crisps. Does anyone remember what beers there were at the top of their head? It was uh, two years ago. There was a wheat beer. There was a dark. Um, there was like, like, a, a, like a, a stout type, which yeah. is like seven point nine percent. Yeah, and then there was a, a, a like hoppy brown, sort of like sort an of amber ale, ale yeah, sort amber of thing, ale, yeah. and a lager. Obviously, like the classic Australia Dam. I remember it quite fun, like quite well, considering we were like half cut by ten, <laughs> 10 a.m. <laughs> Having a bit of a giggle in the taxi on it the was, way home. That was definitely one of the highlights for me. I loved it. Yeah, so it's definitely a recommendation, I'd say, is to go there. Uh, like you said, it's you have to plan a little bit extra travel time to get out there. And then there are parts of the tour that aren't accessible. But most of I, it... I think it's still worth it even... I don't yeah. think the bits that you couldn't access, Matt or I gained any particular... No, um, well, better did you, experience. Did you miss out on anything? Did you? No, because I climbed up the stairs, yeah, yeah. so that I could go along it. Ah, okay. But all that was was to see the conveyor belts yeah. and the trucks. And there was some cool stuff like the automated trucks and like the lines that they followed. Like, yeah, that yeah. Was quite and cool. you could see them from the back. Yeah, but you don't get to see it properly. So like, I made I, the I effort think, to do it. I think you but... probably get ninety to ninety-five percent of the experience. Yeah, yeah. and it just was by so cheap. Like I would, you got your money's worth just from the beer tasting. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. So so cheap for. I mean, for I mean, and if you. Australia want to contact me for any um, further sponsorship deals, then they're more than worth. <laughs> further, it. further. Well, well I'm us. assuming they're going to pay me for this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so somewhere that we didn't go, I didn't go with you guys. But I wish I did because I wasn't that into football. Was New Camp? How was that? So I think getting there was fine. We uh, it was very close to public transport as you'd expect from a football stadium. Yep. Uh, we got the bus. So previous bus comments apply. Mm. And then um, the complex was actually quite developed. They clearly catered it for a museum-based portion of the stadium. Yeah, I remember you saying the museum was particularly um, good. So that was completely step-free access. There was a yep. ramp up from the ground floor into the museum itself. The museum itself was completely... Pretty much flat and all, ra- all like, yeah, ramps. Yeah, yeah, there were, there were no steps through the museum at all. Um, that was obviously interesting for your football history and um, yeah. development of Barcelona from 1890, whatever it would have been. Yeah, loads of memorabilia and, um, like, yeah, quite like a story so history. So, in terms of that, accessibility-wise, absolutely no problem. The portion you may have had issue with, which is going to be the same with most old football stadiums, is actually in the football stadium itself. Mm-hmm and trying to get to any of the higher access points. 
So obviously newer stadiums like Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, for example, would have really good disabled facilities. There'd be loads of lifts and things yeah. like that. And they'd have disabled like areas mm. probably in the middle of the stadium. Whereas older stadiums, they tend to put the disabled people right at the front yeah. because that's obviously the easiest place to do that. And that's the only place you would have been able to access in the stadium itself. Yeah, whereas I think we went kind of like, maybe I think went through like the changing rooms and then the tunnel and then we sort of worked our way up some steps and yeah, like so, back behind where like the, the commentators would have been. Yeah, we went to the um, like press box and things yeah, like exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. So that's cool. Got to see a bit. I wouldn't say those were like the highlights or anything, but it was still different stuff that you would. Mm. And obviously, with. you get the nice views from the top of the of the entire bank of the stadium, yeah. and obviously, yeah. it's quite a large stadium. So being able to see that from a bit of a higher um, vantage point. I wish I, I wish I'd gone because I didn't get into football until later on that year because we were playing fantasy football and um, at, at the time like they worship Messi everywhere yeah, yeah. in Barcelona he is yeah. everywhere and uh, it was um, but at the time I wasn't bothered but I wish I'd gone now I think it's it sounds like it could have been quite cool yeah it was definitely something that even even if you got any sort of vague interest in mm. football is worth doing and from an accessibility point of view you get probably 85% of the experience Yeah, you just lose that a bit in the actual stadium itself so from a history point of view you yeah. would have had the and, fall and I was like yeah that was fine but I would have like obviously seeing an actual game would have been way better than just walking around Absolutely, an empty yeah. stadium but yeah. one, one thing to note is they, there were a few um, pubs in the area and we did force ourselves to stop for some um, <laughs> yeah. light, you made the light, sacrifice light, light refreshments having some beverages <laughs> the last I guess big attraction we did was I, I'm going to get it wrong probably the Sangrada Familia Familia La Sagrada yeah Familia. Close, close enough isn't it yeah, yeah so we, that's we, the, we all know what we're talking about yeah the big church in like the centre that's um, still it's been under construction for over 100 years it's absolutely stunning and uh, we got to skip the queue do you remember, guys? Yeah. Because like I and I think I got a cheaper ticket as well, so we got in quickly and cheaper because uh, of the wheelchair. And I remember that being really good. There was a there was a disabled access toilet downstairs, and it's because it's um it's not an it's an old building, but it's constantly under construction. They've they're not like precious about changing it. So they did put all the facilities in. And obviously it's a very popular attraction, whereas yep. perhaps the monastery we talked about earlier wasn't such a main tourist hub yeah. for Barcelona. But I, I'm really glad we did that because it's absolutely stunning in there. And like I compare it to like, it looks like a sci-fi church. It felt futuristic. That's a pretty good description. Yeah, it's almost alien, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you've never, it's not like any sort of church you've, I've been to, especially not in like England. Mm. But um got all the like the main fixtures you expect from a church but in a really unique way um and then like it's really odd too so they've got like the kind of the normal nativity kind of setting of baby jesus and joseph and and the and uh shepherds and such but there were also like bowls of fruit and do you remember that on like on the spires Mm. in the pictures i've got over there like so it's really a very interesting building because it was uh obviously constantly under construction but that was um, another big thing that I'm, I'd am i recommend. It's just a really beautiful place to go. Did you um, go in the... Because there's a museum, like, underneath yes, we the did, thing. Yeah. And how was that for you, accessibility-wise? Obviously, it's on a different level. Fine. Yeah, I, I, not enough as that I remember of it for it to be, obviously, stick out in my mind. 
but I remember that be, there, there being no issues. I mean, there were some interesting exhibits down there about the methods Gaudi used for architecture, but mm. that was the only bits that really stuck out to me. So, for example, yeah, I think I did see that yeah. designing his like how he spreads the weight. He used to hang it upside down and um, mm. hang weights off strings to try and equally distribute the thing, uh, the weight. Gaudi is the isn't it? Ga- Gaudi is the architect, yes, yeah, yeah which, which does the f- the like futuristic, yeah, and it, loads of his influence around Barcelona, Barcelona yeah, yeah. Isn't it? absolutely. Yeah. And then the last thing, I guess, we did obviously the they were the main attractions, but we also spent a couple of days at the beach, which is one of the reasons why w- Barcelona worked for us really well. I think is that we had a lot of culture, uh, a lot of uh, attractions good food, people, and then there was also seaside and beach as well, all within the same vicinity, which was awesome. So we had a day where we managed to have a swim in the sea, and I remember Mike actually carried me down into the sea. But the from the top down, there are, there's a ramp all the way down to the, the level of the beach, and then lots of wooden panels that were easy access onto the beach. So we had no problems. It was really nice, and the, the tide was never really far out. No, so, so you, you essentially got probably 70% of the way onto the beach. Yeah, and uh, we, it was just nice to be able to be on the beach and then Mike carried me to the water. All along the beach as well is loads of restaurants, mm. which brings us on to the final section. It's uh, just restaurants and pubs and such. We The first night we, we went out for a nice meal, which was quite cool. We had some wine and things. and uh, <laughs> Had some fried potatoes. Had some fried potatoes. Fried potatoes. So ben, ben has this habit... I feel of when people talk to him in an accent, he responds in an accent. <laughs> so the guy and, that, and that's regardless of whether it's an English or the <laughs> yeah. local the local I language. I think it's supposed to help them understand in your head. Right? So the guy was like, "Okay, well, so I'm he was sure listening to like, boiled potatoes, mashed potatoes, or fried potatoes." And Ben goes, "Oh, fried potatoes, please." <laughs> <laughs> and then that night we um we tried our sangria making skills, and it was very poor. Where we had just massive cups of orange juice, a big jug of wine. But no room to I'll tell put you what, the... but by the by the fifth glass of sangria, I enjoyed it quite a lot. Yeah. I think, yeah, what what happened is we started putting little bits of wine in drinking, and then it became just mostly wine. Yeah, we just but kept just adding good, wine because you didn't stop you stopped tasting the wine after a certain point. Yeah. So you just put as much in as you want. I think my sangria making skills have improved over lockdown though. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Practicing Do you add any extra amount. flavors into it? Um because some I people put spirits in I it. I put like brandy in it and stuff. Ooh. Yeah, that was that was pretty nice. Um yeah, a bit of lemon and lime, just like standard stuff, but just, you know, perfecting the basics. We found that was the only time, particularly in the Gothic cores, were we found tricky. Yeah, it's just because obviously these restaurants are hosted in old buildings yeah. and they've, they they just haven't got the space to no. cater for disabled toilets or putting ramps in and things like that. Yeah, it was always... A space issue they're all pretty confined i think you probably find that with a lot of like big cities um but the obviously there's the lack of ramp access i think obviously most of the time we sat outside because it was pretty warm mm. when we went so that helps how did you find it i, I remember it being uh, all right because we uh, like we weren't in a rush a lot of the time from that one evening and you were able to help me climb like lift me up the stairs the only issue that comes is access to the toilet when I'm eating out and I'm drinking. So there's that one night, there's an area that's very student-y. And we, uh, yes. so that was the night we stayed out to the early hours uh, getting drunk. We found this that... This was the um, cocktail-related incidents, wasn't it? Yeah, it was not a classy area. Uh, do you remember the pla- name of the place that we went in? Um, no. We went in. 
yeah. It, it was called the Stoke Inn. Was it? Yes, yeah. it was. It was an English bar, which is really bad. It went We're all the way like from that. Stoke Plymouth well, to yeah. the Stoke Inn. I, I, I don't, in I don't think it was a specific like English catered area. There was one called like Paddy O'Hanlon's or something, like a very yeah. Irish pub. Oh, you know, you're you never more than four feet from an Irish yeah. pub, are you really? So, but that was a whole area that were uh, full of young people, full of bars, and it was uh, like people like skateboarding people. and stuff. I yeah, think. it's a really popular skate place actually, yeah. Barcelona. But we um that one night we that was we we found we liked it there good beer and we kind of stayed there for most of the evening and I remember that we there wasn't wheelchair accessible to the toilet but I climbed and kind of furniture surfed so you know to get to the toilet so I I can't that's the biggest thing is I I want a beer when I'm out but beer goes right through me and I always need a wee. So yeah, I mean, I mean, if I remember correctly, that. this place was essentially a converted house, if I remember. So that the stairwell would have just been like your normal house yeah. stairwell. Mm. I'm, get, I'm getting memories now coming back from the, the cocktails. And, and if, if you remember, I, I asked for a recommendation yeah. and she was going to recommend me something and explain to me what was in it. And I was just like... Just have it. Yes, nah, please. Use nah. that. I, I'm not interested in what's in it. What? I, what's yeah, this cocktail yeah. thing again? You still drank it and it was awful. It, it, it was absolutely terrible. What was it again? I do not remember and I do I not wish remember. to remember. Well, I don't remember the cocktail incident. Do you not? Uh, so in the, in the Stoke Inn, we went for cock- uh, We were having cocktails mm. and um, I, I couldn't decide. And I was just like, oh, I'll just recommend me one. And she was like, oh, I recommend you whatever the name of the thing was. It's got blah, blah. And I was like, don't want to know what's in it. Just, 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 <laughs> just, bring it just, just surprise me, please. <laughs> I think I, I was more sensible, but I enjoyed watching you struggle. I don't it, remember having anything bad. It but was I think very alcoholic, which was the main concern. Good. So w- once that went down, it was, it was a slippery slope to other things. I believe yeah. it's called the Stoke Bar. The Stoke Bar, I stand corrected. Yeah, yeah. and we we sat um, just, just the by stairs. the stairwell on a very small table, yeah. which is not something you'd get away with in in the current yes, climate that. of travelling. No, there was there was very little room oh, to socially distance. I do remember. Do you remember this place? Did you, had you forgotten about us going no, to? This yeah, because I'm thinking more about there was that there was that one um, later on we went to. What after this? Yeah. Remember when my, all- my memory is very hazy yeah, after this location. It was a, I've got pictures of us in it, but we that was where there was that English guy who was there and he was really he really liked us. Oh yeah. Um but I remember the one you're on about is a yeah, proper seedy though. That was a yeah. bit weird for me to get into. Yeah. But yeah, I remember that. Food is good though. That's all I'm mm. saying. Everywhere we went, I enjoyed even the simple things was just very nice food. And I think the um European culture and obviously climate does aid itself to eating yeah. outside, which suits you massively. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing to consider is they never seem to really know whether you want to stay in your chair or that's move made, that's to the same a, everywhere. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Even like in England, it's like yeah. I, so most of the time, I find that if I'm sat in my chair, it's like me standing up, mm. and then I want to get out of my chair when I'm eating or drinking or whatever, because then that's me sat down. So yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. Sometimes it's just more convenient just to sit in my chair, just stop the argument, you know, just. To, but um, I, I found that we, like, apart from that one night that took us ages to find somewhere, mostly because we were looking, it was price. We were trying to find somewhere that wasn't ridiculously expensive. We, uh, everywhere we I went mean, was yeah. really easy. I think it was just more personal preference at that point. Mm. So. so that, I think we had one big blowout of, of booze that night, and then we went home the next day. You left last and you met her, I think, with the keys, and we went home before you. Yeah, so you guys got the bus, didn't you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember there being any problems. We uh, flew back fine, and uh, it was sometimes it's a lot easier coming back into 
your country because it's easier to communicate. But I don't find that we had any issues on the way I back. I mean, you essentially took the same route and transport back. Yeah. So yeah. you the only knew what to expect. You guys went home and I met my friends in Bristol. Right, yeah. But that was it, really. So we took the Falcon back. So it was did you take the Falcon back then or did you do something else to get back from Bristol? Uh, no, I... Yeah, I, I think I just got a... I just chanced a, 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 a it. A to Falcon. Bus. Yeah. I think it was just National Express bus. Ah, okay. On the way home, um, and I just turned up. Did you find that was any better or worse than the Falcon? Because I've heard more questionable things. More or less the same. In terms of... I, I feel like the promise of lift access and wheelchair accessibility is higher on the Falcon, and then it's never worked. The lift's never worked. So uh, I, I went to... And I just booked my ticket for the way home, and they were just like, okay, well, we'll let them know that you're in a wheelchair. And I just climbed up the stairs and took the bus home. Yeah, I think having that option to you does open a lot more doorways than it otherwise might. Yeah. Especially to do with lifts and lack thereof. And such. Okay, so the final portion is... In te- this doesn't have to be about accessibility, boys. This can be about anything. In terms mine, of mine, you isn't, go into, mine isn't about accessibility. What is your recommendation or piece of advice from what we learned while we were there, or whatever, being in Barcelona, that you'd give someone to go who's going to Barcelona. Don't don't order steak tartare when you oh when, when you want steak tagliata because they're two different things. Because <laughs> one of them's cooked and the other one's raw. We we've we were there for a very long time. Matt ordered steak tartare and it looked like a brain. It was quite tasty but very very rich. I remember when you ordered it. Yeah. I was very impressed at how went, adventurous ooh. you were. Being. Yeah, I remember. Because you'd ordered um, octopus as well, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, very sophisticated." Orders. It didn't help that we were sat outside for that one because it like just kind of seemed to shrivel up over time. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, it wasn't exactly going to go cold, was it? So. No, exactly. But uh, yeah, not the best last meal. I could have chosen. Yeah, a it was quite option. funny because um, like we were just go going, "Oh, how was your meal, Ben?" You're like, "Oh, cooked, Frankie. How was yours? <laughs> it's also cooked." <laughs> I mean, it was seasoned nicely. It had nice it flavors of mustard, nice, and... but it needed to be a smaller amount. Yeah, so there was all side digging at it. It was yeah. a hefty amount of raw meat. Yeah, steak tartare is a main for me. Is not no, uh, not the one. And and to put it like in terms of visual terms, imagine it was just a big pile of mincemeat. Probably got a photo somewhere. Yeah, it, and, and like it was tasty, but not for that amount. And the guy that was serving us took all of our plates, and he was like, "Oh, you're not finished." And then like Matt was like, "I, I am." And he's like, "Oh no, no, I'll leave you to it for a little bit." I, th- I think he did leave it with me just to shame me for a bit longer, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. And you're like, "Oh, you're not like," and you're like, "Yeah, no, it, it, I'm just very full." Yeah, I was really <laughs> st- absolutely starving. And it got to the point where you're trying ways of making it look smaller on the plate. Yeah, because I'd, I'd, I'd got through all the bread that came with it. And like, I couldn't, I couldn't put any more meat on it and enjoy it. So I just had to eat the bread, basically. Yeah, very funny for everyone else, not Matt. <laughs> ben, what about you? A recommendation or piece of advice for? Going um, I think mine is don't go in June. We went in June and it was very, July. very warm. Yeah, July even peak season. And it was, it was very warm. Yeah, it, we it's were, not we're something that I would recommend. Twenty-seven to thirty degrees every day, and when you're walking around. Yeah, I think if you're just going to spend it all by the beach, it's fine. But I don't think anybody really goes to Barcelona just for a beach holiday. No. It's so if you're going to do that, I think you need to go probably in May or earlier and yeah. then August or later. make those bev breaks more enjoyable though. That's true. Yeah, it, it does suit the um, alcoholic consumption. Yes. But uh, the, that's that's my remaining feature. If I was to go back. Go that's, a little that's bit the, earlier maybe? I would go earlier. And that's the only mm. thing I'd do differently really. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like particularly it hit Mike the hardest. That's why a lot of these stories he's not involved in is that he 
got he didn't handle the heat very well, so it wasn't very well. Quite a lot of the holiday. My uh, advice, I don't, I don't say, I wouldn't say there's a particular piece of advice, but I really enjoyed going to the doing the Australia tour. Mm. I think that was a really good recommendation. I think it, the value for money really, really high. So if you're if you're a bit, even if you're not into beer, it's just interesting. It's a nice bit of history and stuff. Just a, that you're there so that would be my thing so thanks for joining us on this episode about barcelona uh this was uh, a bit of a one-off with uh, my mates so thank you for joining me matt no problemo and thank you for joining me ben thank you thanks for having me yeah um and we'll might do another one when we did a trip to ba- um to berlin uh the year after which was also really good fun and next episode becky will be back and we'll be talking about our um all-inclusive trip holiday to Tunisia find me on social media at wheelchair Frankie and please give us a review on Apple podcasts because it helped the podcast go up the rankings or you can also follow it on Spotify and many other places you find our podcasts so thank you for joining us and I will see you in the next one cheers lads cheers Cheers. Bye. bye